Hella Black, episode 90. It's been a long time coming with this guest. We had the homie Ekpe on. Uh, Ekpe is a day one supporter of both Hella Black and People's Breakfast Oakland. Uh, so we talk his support with our work, uh, his experience as an NBA player and as a professional basketball player overseas, uh, book clubs, and urban farming. Y'all tap in. I'm juiced that we finally got you on, though. That's a long time coming. I was like, damn, it's damn near foul that we haven't had you on this shit yet. (laughs) And it's like, bro, I got like I, I for sure like now that I'm like somebody like, damn I ain't seen this nigga in hella long like you know we usually we can get we get I feel like niggas text like once every four months or some weird <laughs> shit like that you know? um but it is it's hella dope to finally have you on just because when I think about the way that you've engaged both me and Blake and then our organization and our our platform via hella black like that shit I'm hella grateful, especially because mm. I know what come, you got a whole bunch of other shit going. In addition to being a professional basketball player, you got a whole bunch of other shit going on. And the fact that you make time for niggas like us, um, I hella, hella support grateful. us, bro, and invest in us. Like these microphones that we was using, it was like from your help, bro. You feel me? The equipment that we had, <laughs> that we have, is still shit. used to this day. It's like because of you, bro. Our you live know, so. show in June, yeah. niggas supported that. that. Like that shit. Niggas had us in the New York Times and shit, man. man. Pulled up to programs. Pulled up to programs and it's also as thorough like, as it gets. Yeah. The way you pulled up to programs too, just hella genuine. You know what I mean? Like just hella genuine, just trying to help people and serve people to us. You know, not everybody come to the program and just be on genuine shit, unfortunately. Um, so I definitely appreciate the way you rocked, the way you continue to rock and the way you've supported us. So I had to finally have you on the show, bro. That's love. I'm happy to be here, man. I got to salute y'all for being consistent. You know, a lot of folks get into it, anything in life, for real, and they drop off after a year or so. Uh, they ain't seen what they want to see, but y'all, man, y'all been locked in. I don't know how long we've known each other, like three, four years. And, yeah. And consistent and quality and for the people. So, man, I'm just happy to be a part and be able to uh, support. Appreciate it, bro. So how'd you first hear about uh, a PBO and, and Hella Black? Are you seen on the gram one day or you seen it on well, Twitter think, one day? Like, what, how, what's, what's the story? <laughs> I, you know, now thinking about it now, man, I really don't know. But I, I do believe it was probably off the gram where I was just on podcasts, just looking. And then I just seen Hella Black. I'm like, well, let me, let me tap in. <laughs> let me see what they talk about. And then it intrigued me because y'all, you know, we were around the same age. And at that time, kind of still, you don't have people around the same age talking the way y'all are talking about these issues that are going on in the community and then on a, on a worldly scale. Yeah, that's, I, I can remember, it's one, one time we was, we was in a group chat. I can't remember who you hit us about, but you had like asked like how we feel about something. This was like 20, this might've been 2017 maybe. I can't remember who it was. It might've been like some like pretty liberal ass shit. And you was like, what's y'all stance on this? And then we told you our answer. And then you was able to like, keep asking these like fucking clarifying questions. And I hella appreciated that show. I'm like, oh, this nigga like really like trying to learn and really trying to engage with niggas. Um, Cause with, with so much what I've experienced with people who as a result of fucking celebrity culture uh, in, in, a, in America, right? With yourself being a pro hooper and like status, all these things that, that 
combined to to make um these fucking like what would you call it? I don't like like hierarchies or whatever, right? Like it's it's not it's not common you see someone like yourself with the power that you have, the economic status, the fucking quote unquote celebrity status, come and try to learn and engage with niggas. Like I've been on the opposite end of that where like niggas come engage in those conversations to damn near make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you came into it like with a real learning stance. And I could tell that you was you was really listening to understand and not respond because the question that you was asking was like some some fucking probing ass questions. And that was something I'm like, oh shit, okay, I really fuck with this nigga. <laughs> like <laughs> in addition to you was always boosting our this is before you even pulled up though. Like that was like one of the things that I was like, all right. Like it was that you feel me like asking us the questions and getting clarity and like really trying to learn. And then it was like pulling up on niggas. I'm like, okay, this is this is something that you feel me. This could actually be a nigga who trying to contribute to something and who trying to build for real. Yeah, man. It, it was part of that, man, was just trying to learn. Man, I was in a, I was in such a a, a crazy space because I think I might have been overseas or coming back from being in Turkey. And I was just reading, watching everything, you know, everything that I, I, I could get my hands on. And then to be able to tap in with y'all and then build, I also wanted to see the perspective, y'all's perspective, because I, I mean, I ain't everywhere. I'm from, I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? And to, to see that y'all are from the Bay, y'all have people in the Panthers and stuff. I just wanted to be able to sit back and learn um, because like we in a dangerous times, man, where it's a, a entertainer, a celebrity can just hop on something. And now that's like, they the thought leader and they have put in no work. They haven't, they haven't pulled up on anybody's block and just posted with the people. Uh, and that and that and that's scary to me. So I'm always trying to to tell folks like, man, you know, I, I applaud you for for trying to, you know, be out here um and speak for the people. But man, you gotta go to the people who are actually on the streets, who've been doing it, who've been organizing um uh, for the longest, you know, and give them your platform. Cause what you just named was the bare minimum, my nigga. Like pulling up on niggas and like engage you like that's the that's the elite that's the least a nigga could do before he just take up hella space right or they take up hella space and we saw that this summer you know like it was niggas just pulling up to protest and hopping on a mic it's like nigga what do you actually like <laughs> bro have you <laughs> just saying all these buzzwords like we in this buzzword ass time right now it's do like, you actually okay. know what that means in the history of the word like the context of how you use it in my nigga you just saying shit Right, dressing up in all black and popping out like <laughs> putting them gray on and you know <laughs> black power magic. That shit, it's shit funny, but it's like it's, it's hella sad, bro. Because it's the way. Because when you think about the platforms you. that these niggas got, right? Yeah. Again, because of celebrity culture, like we know a nigga like you play for the you. Like there are folks in you in Utah that might have just did whatever you said because you said it or believed that it was true because it's coming from this this source. As we've come to understand, fucking celebrity culture and its proximity to to politics in America, right? Like this status means that you're, we automatically equate celebrity and status with smart. (laughs) We automatically like, oh, this means you're smart or, or fucking you've, you have the same values. You're a moral person because you get money when actually it's like, that's the complete opposite for most folks in America. But yeah, your point, that's the, that's the bare minimum niggas could do is at least pull up and share the mic, but you know, Niggas don't be on that. No, they, they don't. But I hope, you know, with this current wave, um, just speaking of NBA, what I see, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, he, he's becoming um, that front, 
you know, speaker, especially from the younger group. And I've, I've heard and, and seen some things he's done. So hopefully he can be able to pull folks together. And, and yeah. Move he got people in his camp too, like that nigga left and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he got he got some good folks in his camp. Right. Um, but what led you to getting radicalized? Was it like a series of events that happened or a moment that happened? And you talked about being in Turkey. Was it something out there that yeah. popped it off? Just just being out there, just leaving America, leaving the American bubble. It was two, 2015, went uh, into free agency, had no, no interest in the state, so I had to go to Turkey. And it was my first time leaving this uh, the American bubble, uh, except for when I went to Nigeria as a kid, but I really didn't, didn't remember that. So being there, man, and one of, one, of my, uh, one of the homies came out there with me and we just started to read books watch hella interviews on uh, on YouTube. And then I just started to reflect on like growing up with the public public education and the history we learned and all how all of that was, man, just half truths. Uh, and really didn't get get to the uh, the bottom of the foundation of where all this began. And then while I was in Turkey, just watching the black experience the melanated African-American, however you want to term it, just watching our experience around the world just got me like, hey, I really need to, you know, to really lock in to really understand what's going on because I've been told lies for, I was going on 30, so like 28 years of my life. And I wasn't, I've never been in that place where I was like, yeah, let me just sit down and learn about our history unless it was from my parents. That should be wild as fuck when you realize, especially like when you're an adult and you just realize you've been lied to <laughs> for so many goddamn years. Yeah. You've just been like bamboozled damn dear. Right. And you're like, fuck, I don't know for me. And I started learning, I'm like, damn, I just got hella angry. Like, what was that? What was that process for you? Was it like, you know, yeah, what what were you feeling in that in that time? Was it like an emotional process? Were you was you hella mad and shit? Or was you inspired? You know, or maybe all those things happened? All of the above. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I, I seen it as as like you gotta learn the game, and I seen the game that they this trick that they've played, you know, since the beginning of time, you know. And then when I first got out to Turkey, you know, it was that whole Muslim bashing, um, you know, bashing the religion. And I'm getting out there, and, I, and I'm amongst the people, and I'm like, man, this ain't this is <laughs> this is like anything else, man. These are beautiful people, they they practicing their religion, they don't want, they they keep them to themselves. And that's when the anger and stuff started to come in. And I was looking at people like, man, don't come to me with no foolishness, bro. I'm gonna give you exactly what you want <laughs> and keep it moving. And you know, it is what it is. Um, so like I said, man, I, I went through all the emotions, man. Um, but more so just seeing, we go to these different countries, but then seeing people who look like me, man, just struggling. So I'm like, dang, this ain't, it's not exclusive to America or or Africa or whatever. Now, this is global. This is what they do um, to, to darkest skinned people around the world. And then you start connecting the dots of like how that fucking the history was like what happened in history to create the conditions for Africans everywhere to fucking suffer. Yeah. Like you look at that shit and y'all talk about like being upset when y'all start to learn the history. Well, like being lied to for me, I was more upset at myself because I look back at like my family that used to celebrate Kwanzaa. You feel me, my my uncle who was a Panther. You feel me, we used to be like, man, this nigga always wanna talk about some history shit. I like used to get there right away from this nigga on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, 
Nah, bro. I'm not lying, bro. My oh, uncle, you know, that's why I'm my Uncle Buzz, yeah, like, no, nigga, we used to really uh, be like, fuck, here come Uncle Buzz. Like, nigga, everybody's trying to hear this <laughs> shit. Here he come with that black power shit. Here he come with this shit. Like, nigga, everybody's trying to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? But I be getting hella mad at myself. Like, bro, my uncles used to, and my mama was a fucking African American studies major. You feel me? Like, and my mama was dumb young too. Like, well, I was, my mama was in college. I think I was like 13, 14. You feel me? So, why she getting her BA? Like my mom is clearly learning this shit and trying to kick game to me, but you just like, man, I'm not trying to hear this shit. But that you feel me, kudos to the state because I was for sure tapped in on hella BET and MTV and shit. Ooh, soaking, in, soaking up all that shit, telling my mama to be quiet on that black power shit. <laughs> <laughs> that and that's how you realize, man, that stays so well organized when it indoctrinates you as a youth. You feel me? <laughs> but like, yeah, like I, I shit. I mean, it all gets back to when we when we realize the truth. I, you either mad at somebody, you mad at you feel me? What you was learning in, in schools. Cause at the same time as I'm telling my uncle, like run away from my uncle, I'm going to Berkeley High where these niggas is teaching me all types of shit except for about Africans. Right. You feel me? They teaching you about the civil rights movement, but not the way that you should be learning about it for real. They nigga, I never like the Panthers were never brought up in high school. Like how is that is pivotal, pivotal you, you, you five minutes black liberation work. How are we five, like, 10 minutes from old married? <laughs> I mean, but if, if niggas is learning about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, yeah. why are you not learning about the Panthers? Yeah. Like that makes no sense. And like you're gonna learn that in, in any public education, well, especially in Cali, right? In public public schools, you're gonna learn about Malcolm X, you're gonna learn about Martin Luther King, you're gonna learn about Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman. Why are niggas not teaching us about the Panthers in right. public school? You know why. But yeah. So when did you get the inspiration for a book club? Was it, you know, as a result of doing all that reading when you was in Turkey? Nah, shoot, the book club, man. I started in like 13, 2013, it was just another way to interact with fans. You know, something just out, out of the way. You don't see athletes with book club uh, on Twitter going at it. So that started with that and then it just kept building. So everywhere I went, I took the book club with me, you know, to this day. You always been into reading and shit? No, sir. <laughs> when, when'd you get into it? I got into it man. after a wild night in Miami. Uh, Nigga had to pick up the Bible. You hear me? That hotel Bible too, the one right by the nightstand. I went hard the night before, man. I get back to the to the to the spot and I'm just sitting there and for some reason this Bible is out, man. I'm like, man, yeah, I, I need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> So you know, I started reading the Bible little, little by little, uh, and then one of my best friends named Brandon, he would always send me like just little articles and stuff for me to read. Like when we was in college, I would just always be like, "Man, just paraphrase it for me." I ain't, I ain't about to sit here and read all this. But then after that moment, man, I just started to just started to read. You know, started hitting hit him up more and uh, and just you know, started to get this knowledge. It's, it's wild because I know a lot of people harp on reading. But what I've what I value about the the practice of reading that doesn't have to be reduced just to reading is like that importance of like self-reflection and self-discovery. Like I learned so much about myself through books, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever. Right. Like I, I actually learned so much about myself, which when you when you talk about being like when you talk about political education, that's why we harp on that shit so much is because as you start to reflect on the way that you engage the world and as the world sees you that's going to change the way you move through it. You know what I'm saying? So if you're talking about from a harm reduction standpoint, if you're talking about realizing the way that the world is designed for you as an African, it's, 
it's just going to change the way you move through the world. And that's why, so even whether it's reading, like there has to be some outlet and some type of process for that kind of introspective shit and the discovery and like of thirst for knowledge. So like whether it's reading, for, for me, I like reading too, you know what I'm saying? But I've been trying to get into like, I think I get it through films, um, music, you know what I'm saying? So I, like that's why I fuck with reading for, for, for a personal level, but I, I encourage everybody to find whatever outlet they can that, that facilitates those type of experiences, you know? Right. Yeah, and that's been my, that, that's pretty much it. Reading, podcasts, uh, I, and I get into documentaries, uh, but just 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 having that physical book, man, you know, having a beverage on the side and just locking in, man, ain't nothing better than that for me. Y'all still y'all still going strong? Still going strong, man. Still still going. About to start the year off with uh, one of Blake's favorite human beings with the Barack Obama autobiography. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we're gonna edit that part out now <laughs> the book club members they want to read it uh um, i mean everybody in black america been talking about quote-unquote black american been talking about that book like right. every story you see that shit i mean it's a way to I set it up though maybe you, yeah you let niggas read that then you hit them with something else right after like hey this oh, drone strikes because he damn near also i've seen some passages from the book where he's like talking about himself and it was like damn bro you hell fell and you like not only did you do this, but you wrote it down and doubled down on it. Like, you get to hear straight bro, from like, his mouth, straight from his mouth. <laughs> so you know that they, they wanted to start with it, man. I, I didn't really care for it, uh, but you know, I, I, I read his first book actually. Yeah, yeah, I remember I read that in, in college. It's all right, man. I think when you, when you talk about education and, and teaching, you got to meet folks where they at. You know what I'm saying? And like. Yeah, uh, I this, think this ain't Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's that's the just... thing I don't like about online education circles. It's like. Like if a nigga came to us like, oh, I want to read this. It's like, are you going to turn that nigga away mm. in the name of what? Some fucking whatever Purity trying to be o- OD radical. Like, no, nah, nigga, we don't read Barack Obama. Like, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you niggas? Like, you turning that nigga away? Like, what is wrong? I said, like, okay, if you want to read it, you can read it and we'll discuss it after. Yeah, we'll discuss man, it after. Like, you I'm do realize this, what this we are is, right? Now I'm going to yeah. have you read that chapter about. <laughs> but. So it, it'll be fun, man. It, it'll be good. They they want to compare it to uh, his wife's book. Uh, it, well, I forget the name of her book, but you know her her memoir. That's what it was. Where, where can folks um, who are looking to get involved with your book club? Where can they find it? At? How can they get involved? Just by following me on Twitter at fa udo e k p e u d o h. Um, and I usually uh, tweet out a link or so. Um, and you know, I, I send out books. I send out the, the reading schedule and the discussion times. And you know, we we on Twitter usually on Thursdays, and we get to it. Well, what's been the best part of it so far? Uh, the best part, man, just the conversation, the ongoing conversations, um, building little communities wherever I've been. Um, Utah was my last stop, so that's been the the biggest base I've had. Um, but then when uh, what what happened when? all the Black Lives Matter things kicked off or the injustices that we were, were we were witnessing, they were all open and they wanted to read, um, you know, different books that were out. I think um, Dr. Kendi's book, you know, everybody didn't try to read that book, um, how to be anti-racist and things of that nature. So, you know, we were able to get on Zoom calls and have to have these, you know, tough conversations and they were open, open to it. That's what's up, man. So you also, 
got into the farm business. What uh, what got you into farming? You know, you got it's LGR Farms, right? LGR Farms, yeah, man. Just something different, man. Something that I've seen a need for. Uh, you know, food insecurity is, is growing um, day by day. That's something I knew that it, it would be, it could be, it, it could be a great tool, you know, for growing food, but at the same time, um, exposing, exposing the youth to, to different ways, you know, to make money and take care of your people. Yeah, that's food autonomy is hella important, especially during this like pandemic where people, more and more people you see in these, these lines that, you know, going block to block to block with cars filled with people, you know, trying to get food. And it's like, bro, food autonomy is so important. It's so, so important, man. It's and it's so, so scary to see, you know, you just driving around and you see these folks park, man. And, and you know, like the government ain't really doing nothing to, to, to ease the burden. They just pile on top of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a it's a spooky time that we're in, and if we don't look out for each other, you know, we, of course we're gonna be the first to perish. I, th- I think people get so it's so easy to fucking since it, since it's something that we we take. I don't I think it's something we t- we not take advantage of, but I think it's something that's for for the many of us that aren't suffering from you know living in food deserts or lack of um, resources or access to food. It's something that you could. You damn near for sure take for granted because when I, we go to places like West Oakland and it's not hella grocery stores, you know what I'm saying? And then you got these fucking rival neighborhoods that it's damn near unsafe to go to a, a certain grocery store. So damn near, you damn near got a trek to a whole nother one. And you st- this is still West Oakland. You know what I'm saying? 20 minutes, 20 minutes away. Um, and so I think about all that shit, like what it would look like to to address some of these food deserts uh, in the get a little shit like everyone it's, it's, it's fucking especially with the work we do through pbo you really get out there and realize like there are days where niggas do not eat period point blank like there are actual days where niggas just don't eat and all these all these restaurants around um and even the folks that aren't houses again it's like niggas who just don't have access to a fucking grocery store right. niggas don't think about that shit and like you said the government is doing nothing nothing to it to to ease that burden. Yeah, I, you know, I hope people are actually paying attention because, you know, in all these different countries across the water, they're taking care of their people. And, you know, America's supposed to be almighty, all powerful, but- You nah. see, it's feasible, my nigga. Like, it could <laughs> be done. It could be done. Niggas just choose not to. Right. Because that would go against what, this, what, they, what, what the system needs, right? Yeah. Like, capitalism don't call for taking care of people. Mm. Like I seen in China, they was dropping food off at people's doors and shit. Like you know, the government was doing that. You know, they the different society. They gonna take care of you. and they, you know the the pride that they have for their country, man, is, uh, is another level. I don't, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but yeah, America still still being America. Yeah, but now that that food autonomy, you know what you're doing with that, that shit is that shit is hell important. You know even with the, the breakfast program and people's programs, like one day it's for sure a goal that we feed everybody from food that we grew from a farm that we had. So we don't have to rely on, you know, these corporate grocery stores to get our food from. You know, like, how do, we actually have our shit. own stores. We yeah. actually have our own, you know what I mean? Cooperatively mm-hmm. run type shit where we're farming and we're, we're delivering those goods. You know, I, I find that is actual, 
true power when you have control over your own food. Like right. that, that shit is thousand percent a part of you know black liberation. It's being able to have power over your food, That's have power over your choice of food. Salute to y'all, man, for the work that y'all have been doing with PBO in, in the community, because that, that's big, man. I've I seen the farm, and I just know y'all are constantly working for the people. So, man, just, just always want to give y'all y'all flowers while y'all still here. Y'all can smell them and, just, you know, continue to build. I appreciate you, bro. You got, uh, in addition to the farming and the, and the book club, you got any other community initiatives that, that you working on or, or want to do? Um, not, not currently, you know, I'm just, I'm in different, uh, communities around the state. So, you know, I pull up, tap in with, with some of my people, um, and, and try to support them the best I can. Um, for me, you know, my career about to come to an end, man, probably a couple more years. I'm going to hang them up and I'm just going to be, I, for me, I just want to be in the school system, whether it's, I don't have to be a teacher, but I could just be that guy walking around the, the, the hallways. Like, you know, trying to encourage kids or whatever, and then grow that into like an after school programming. Yeah, I used to work in after school programs, bro. It's, it's shit, me too. <laughs> I got, I got relationships that started from that shit. Like, that are that, yeah, like with kids that started from me being after school program. And like, I still run into these niggas on the street, and it's like, it's love. And that's, that shit, hella important. Hella important. It's, yeah. I, I, and mostly for me, it's, it's more so for the safe space, man. You know, folks, folks are still working during those times when they get out of school, but just want to be able to provide a space where you can come kick it, you know, do your work. You know, these kids is crazy with social media, you know, tap in with that, uh, get a meal, and we just kick it. We, yeah. we, we kick game on whatever it is that they want to get out their chest or, if, uh, you know, we'd like to put them on game. You know, that's what we do, but it's a, a, a safe environment, you know, so they don't have to go back you know, and be um, not supervised in, in some areas. Our, our next question, how I look at it, it's kind of two-sided. Uh, I think that it can be approached from a business level. Like you can answer from a business level, but it, it would also be dope if you could answer from like a, a kind of personal communal level too, right? Like why is it important for athletes to get in, to get involved in ventures outside of sports? Uh... <laughs> on all levels so you don't go broke <laughs> straight up keep it simple <laughs> you know the, the average career man basketball players or it were in the nba like four years i mean of course you can go overseas and make great money uh but yeah i mean you, you have to invest outside of it i mean not everybody's going to make the hundreds of millions that some of the top players are, are, are going to get so it's important for you to, you know, sit down, man, um, and learn. And then not only learn, find people who are who are experts in they in they fields and build with them. Yeah, and I feel like for you, you have a well-rounded too. So, you know, when you do hang up your boots, you feel me? It's like you already got all this other shit going on, you know, wow. and that, that that transition is gonna be pretty easy. But I know for like a lot of athletes, it's it can be difficult after that's all you know for so long. And it's like, fuck, what's next? You know what I mean? It's tough, man, because, you know, a lot of us just come from nothing. So we get into it, and it's a certain lifestyle. You, you live, majority of, uh, of athletes are living this, this, this lifestyle, man, that's expensive. Uh, and then you forget that it's going to stop. And when it stops, man, them taxes are still going to hit you over the head. 
um, the bills, you know, taking care of your family, that's all going to hit you over the head. So if you ain't, if you ain't ready or you don't get away from this lifestyle, you're going to be broke. It's going to eat you up. Yeah, I think about how that shit was difficult for me to transition just from being a fucking division one athlete to trying to integrate into quote unquote society and trying to find a way to pay my bills and (laughs) also find a place of meaning. Cause you know, like you attach so much of your success to your sports accolades. Yeah, But that also was how I fed myself. You feel me? Like I got my scholarship. That's how I was able to go to school. That's how I was able to get my little fucking stipend every month. You feel me? And then that also that was a, a part of my identity. Like, yeah, I'm what people ask you what you do. Oh, I play football at such and such. You feel me? Like yeah. that ended. It was like, OK, not only can I not pay, like I don't have an income anymore. And now I no longer know what to say when people ask me, what do I do? And that shit happened. All, that's why I was like, bro, like I be urging my niggas who play like, bro, you got to start diving into some of this shit now so that it's not just a complete mind fuck when you step away from yeah. this shit you no longer the person that everybody knew you as and you got all these i think you, i, I, I kind of fell into like a depression a little bit oh, to I for be sure honest. Did. and mad That's anxiety it. That's when my yeah. shit got really bad for sure for sure uh, and it's funny you bring that up like not funny but it's it's interesting that you bring that up because when you out and about during that time that's all everybody associated you with. So you like really going with it. And if you like, you say something different, I walk around, you have to play basketball. You blase, blase. I'm like, nah, I'm an entrepreneur. Nah, I run book clubs for a living. You know what I mean? Just to get that stigma away. Yeah. So I don't continue to fall for it. What was it like playing in the league, you know, reflecting on that, you know, playing in the league and then also being black in, in Turkey and China? How's that experience been for you? The experience, you know, playing in the league, man, is, you know, that's that's another level because a platform that you want, man, you can literally meet anybody you want. Um, so that was that, that that experience was dope. You know, my basketball career didn't go as I, as I planned, but, you know, it is what it is. Playing overseas, man, and being uh, being black, being African-American is, is definitely different. You really see it as... Um, you know, you understand that you entertain here, blase, blase, you know, you get paid. But over there, you really, like, you entertain. And if you lose, it's over with. They're going to call you all kind of names. And the fan, like, some of your own fans will be calling other players, other teams, black players, whatever, uh, derogatory. That's wild. And then not even be able to connect. Like, you know, you're talking about your own guys as well. So that's what's wild when you go overseas. And you have to deal with that. No one like, dang, if we struggle, they coming right to you. Like, you know, we're going to have to let you go. Then we're going to go get another one. Another nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Go get another one. Like, it's, it it, it was great. It's been a great, it's been a great ride, man. But you definitely see some wild things, man. And, you know, it's not, it's not as wild as as, uh, football overseas. But this is definitely wild. Yeah, football that's what overseas, I was gonna say. I, I see. suck because you're not making as much. Niggas uh, be over I, there making pennies. You talking about football or, oh, or soccer? Oh, <laughs> what you talking about? I'm talking soccer overseas. Football. Yeah, no, because I always see, you know, you always see how the videos pop up of just like how black people playing soccer out there and should just be harassed. Mm-hmm. All this wild shit you see, but. I mean, you see it in the NBA, nigga. Well, you in see America. it in the NBA, of course. Nigga, who was, like, nigga was heck, heckling Russ, 
heckling Dame. Like that shit happened all the time. Yeah. Yeah, the fan, and you know, at one point it, it became a circus to me with the NBA and how they was doing it because they was allowing fans to put their hands on players and like that. That's that's a no go because if one of them would have just took off on one, then it would have been all these big issues. But they don't have the right to shout out Ron Artis. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga set the tone. You didn't see no heckling for like five years. <laughs> You didn't see Heckler for like five years, nigga. He had to set a demolition, nigga. Oh my god, that shit, that, that should be wild, bro. And I even nigga, when I was playing sports, man, you would you would hear from the crowd in college football. You would hear you were going, nigga. I, we used to have like the little forum boards in high school. That motherfucker was racist. You go on a forum board, it'd be niggas like calling you a monkey and shit, bro. You seventeen years old, you like what the fuck, like, nigga? Right. This high school football. I'm just Niggas <laughs> call you a monkey, all type of shit. Like, oh yeah, I hope I hope number four. I hope he doesn't go to college. It's like, bro, it's it's yeah, man. It's a it's a fun experience while you playing, man. But once you get off that field and you really get to see how people really feel about you, ooh, it, it could tear you apart. I mean, also in a in a situation where you know ninety nine percent of the world would trade what they got for you for your experience any any given day, which damn near dehumanizes you in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers is like, oh, what you got to complain about? Right. And nigga, like, it's- You basketball player, yeah, like, you make a million. Yeah, like nigga, what? <laughs> but you know, it also, I mean, something has to go on to be said around like why that happens to, to black people the most. You know what I'm saying? That anti-blackness is, you, you, you see, like, I think about the Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph shit that happened last year. You know what I'm saying? Like when white players are in the wrong, they automatically are humanized and trying to find out the root of the problem. When black players are going through it or they fucking up, it's, it's, it's no no tenderness, no care right. approach with them niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, you, know, you know why. Like, trying brute, to how many chances that nigga had. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's brute, all, it's that, that typical brute fucking stereotype, big black niggas, or these niggas got money, like they can handle it. And it's, it's, it's fucked up to see. Yeah, <laughs> it's messed up to feel. Cause you, you you feel you feel that every moment of it. Uh, I mean, we, we touched on it a little bit, but I think it's something we could we could dive into. Um, you know, have you have you always had interests outside of sports, and how if not, you know, how have you been nurturing them now, and how do you make space for them while simultaneously playing basketball at a high level? Um, I've always had interest outside of sport, man. My dad, my family's parents are from Nigeria, so they've always been on us about education, uh, you know, from day one. So I, I've always tried to read the newspaper, see what's going on. Um, and then now I'm more so like real estate, community building, and, and watching the stock market, which is a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. Because the way it's running up with everything going on doesn't make sense. So I feel like there's something that they're about to do that's going to that's gonna ruin this this ecosystem. But I think um, just just my circle, man, ha- having strong people in my circle who put who put me on game, who educate me on different things, and I've been able just to build on it with reading and, and, and studying. But I was always just man for me in high school. I'm, I'm going hooping and I'm going to be with my people. That, that's really about it. We're going we gonna to hit a couple parties, you know, get it in. But other than that, I'm just going to be hooping. I'm going to be with them or my family. 
What's some of your favorite memories, you know, over the years in the league and then, then overseas? Uh, man, going to the NBA, that was great. But then graduating, because my pops was probably more excited for me to graduate college than <laughs> going to the NBA. Uh, which was cool. But being able to retire my parents, man, um, that was dope. Being able to, you know, bring my friends, uh, you know, along with me um, during my travels, man, during my games, you know, the ability for me to put them in the same rooms of, of people that we've looked up to, or, you know, over the years. Um, overseas, man, just getting outside of the American bubble and seeing seeing the world for what it was. Um, for me, what else? What else? Winning that EuroLeague championship, that was special. Having a family out in Istanbul. Shoot, my mom didn't even want to come because she was nervous because that was during the time there was uh, a lot of bombs uh, going off. But things like that, man, just, just the experiences and having them with my family and friends, that's always going to leave a mark with, with me. That's amazing, bro. That's beautiful to hear. Uh, I'm hella happy with, with everything you got going on. Wishing you much success and shit. And I, and I hopefully soon, like, you know, next time you come home, we get a tap we in a better place where we, we can link up. You know, hit halftime. Y'all, man, good time. Good time. But I remember all that shit, man. Like I, I, I remember all that shit. I'm like, I, I niggas can't can't tell you shit. Like, like we was at nine three eight and shit together and shit. Like. Niggas at 9382? Yeah. Was I there? I don't think you was there. Okay, I'm like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't remember that. But uh, like niggas can't can't but can't can't stress enough how how grateful it's been to have you as a supporter. Um and like even looking back, I you know, you played a pivotal role in a lot of our shit. I, I know it's easy. Even to, our consistency, like yeah. he was talking about, like damn near one of the reasons we're consistent is because these mics that we got right here. <laughs> you feel like me? you got us these mics at a time where a studio basically like ghosted us, nigga. Like didn't even tell us we couldn't stop coming back. They just stopped stop answering niggas and shit. And so, so how y'all feel when 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 y'all I feel like y'all were making y'all's way and then something would happen like that. How 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 did that make y'all feel during that time when y'all are starting to be consistent? But then a, a a studio just slips out from underneath y'all just like that and not even returning anything. Shit, for me, this is that's just but a a a a, a short summarization of my life. To be honest, like <laughs> I'm I'm used to that kind of shit. It is like damn near sad to say, but like I know at some point my resolve is going to be tested, and it's like what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? And I think what I tend to do is lean on my community. And that's your way out. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like when that shit hit us, like being able to lean on you and you like, nigga, what? I got y'all. You feel me? And like that being a lot, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always a firm believer and I'm a I'm a product of the people that have, that have invested time, money, care, whatever into me. So that's how I shake through shit. Yes, sir. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I mean, I feel like podcasting has always been a bump in the road somewhere. And it's just my I'm always solution oriented i feel like all right we got to figure some shit out okay we could we could do this we could do this watch a youtube video on how other people are doing you know so that's usually how my mindset is is like and then i guess not being afraid to ask for help or you know what i mean like that point we had we had some listeners and shit and then being able to post it and you know get help and shit like that um but yeah like like delinsey was saying i think he summarized it up perfectly like product of the community you know what i mean and people who've supported us like 
hella black isn't just me and Delancey. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we call host a show, but it's a product of a lot of folks who've supported us over the years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, invested into us. That's real. I'm hella, hella grateful for this conversation. Uh, and I, I hope you, you know, shake back and get ready for the season and y'all have success so that they ain't out here calling you a nigga and shit. <laughs> threatening, threatening to, to 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 swap you out for another big black one. I don't, I don't want that for my man's. You know, you deserve better, bro. <laughs> you deserve better, bro. <laughs> Real shit. Oh, that's funny as hell, bro. <laughs> Oh man, nah, but I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having me on the show, man. <laughs> Long time coming, you know, but we made it work. Thousand percent, man. Appreciate you. Stay safe out there, and yeah, good luck with everything, bro. Right, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I tap in more for sure, bro. Just to like check in on niggas, and you know, what I'm saying like I, I feel like how you extend your hand, extend your hand to us, like you know, it's it's, it's same the same way. way. Like if you need something, my nigga, like tap in. You feel me? Like no, yes, no sir. bullshit. Cause you, as we've shown, we ain't scared to ask you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes, so, sir. For sure. Hopefully, you follow our motto of you know tapping in with niggas when you need some type of support or you just want to chop game. Yes, sir. We'll do definitely. All right, bro. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you. Peace. Peace.